Hey folks, just a heads up, this episode contains some mature content, so maybe don't let your kids listen to this one. There's something weird about the legends of the Wild West, and it's not just because the moniker Wild describes it well. Wyoming in the pioneer days was a wild place. Murders, angry mobs, sheriffs keeping the peace, and citizens doing their best to build homesteads and keep from being attacked by local indigenous tribes. Unfortunately, Wyoming has a long history of breaking treaties with Native Americans, but let's not dwell on that just yet. While the identity of the future cowboy state was still being forged, many names you may have heard about came through the prison system for one reason or another. The famous Butch Cassidy was even imprisoned in Laramie's territorial prison. No word whether the Sundance Kid was with him. Then you've got the Irk brothers coming into the state as they tried to find their fortune in the Black Hills. Just a few miles away, famous Seth Bullock and Wild Bill Hickok made their trip through Wyoming territory to the end of the line in Deadwood, South Dakota. You may not have heard of the subject of today's episode, but if you do, you know where this is going and it's not a proud moment for the state. Let me tell you the story of why a Wyoming governor wore shoes made from human skin to his inauguration. Today's tale begins with a man named George Perot, and I'm guessing on that pronunciation because I'm pretty sure it's not Parrot, otherwise known as Big Nose George. George was born in 1834 in his home country of France, but he made his way to the territories of the West in the late 1850s. George was known in the state of Wyoming as a notorious highwayman, basically stealing what they could from those crossing the treacherous roads through Wyoming territory. In 1872, word spread about the highwayman's attempt to rob a train in an isolated part of track near the Medicine Bow River. After the failure of the robbery, they fled to Elk Mountain near Rollins and hid out. Lawmen had tracked the gang's location and they quickly stamped out their campfire to take the men by surprise. The gang used the lawmen's own weapons to murder the two men who had found them. After the incident, in which they also stole a horse, a heavy bounty was levied on the entire group, $10,000 for the apprehension of the men, which was later doubled to $20,000 to incentivize their capture. In 1872, Big Nose George and his posse were in Miles City, Montana, 
where they decided to rob a local businessman of money he was planning to send back east for various investments. George and his cohort were arrested following the robbery when the acts they'd committed in the cowboy state were revealed. Lawmen sent him to Wyoming to face murder charges in the summer of 1880. After a trial in 1881, Big Nose George was sentenced to die by hanging at the Wyoming Frontier Prison in Rollins. An escape attempt left a guard with a fractured skull when George hit him over the head with his own shackles. The guard's wife Rosa was able to convince the outlaw to get back in his cell with some persuasion from a pistol in her hand. However, the escape attempt spread through the small town of Rollins like wildfire. Masked men broke into the prison, originally expected to be trying to free a prisoner, and they held up the injured guard for his keys, used their revolvers, and apprehended Big Nose George in his cell. When the posse of men led the outlaw outside, they were greeted by a lynch mob of about 200 people. The anger from the escape attempt and murder of lawmen bubbled over and the mob strung Big Nose George up by a telegraph pole in the city of Rollins. Big Nose George met his end in a way that wasn't all that uncommon in the Wild West days of Wyoming, but the reason we all know his name today is because of things that happened after he was killed at the hands of the town. Doctors Thomas McGee and John Eugene Osborne were given the outlaw's body, allegedly to study the effects of criminality on one's brain. To this end, the top of the outlaw's skull was sawed off to reveal his brain, and this skull cap would then be presented to a then 16-year-old girl, Lillian Heath. Heath would go on to be the first woman to be a medical doctor in the state. Osborne and McGee weren't done with the criminal's body, however. A tannery in Denver received a unique delivery. The skin of Big Nose George, thigh and chest, including the nipples and were instructed to make a pair of shoes and a medical bag. Both of these grisly items were in the possession of Osborne. While the medical bag has been lost to history, the shoes were considered prized possessions of the doctor who would later be elected, who would later be elected as the third governor of Wyoming in 1892. What perfect shoes to wear to such an event, right? John Eugene Osborne wore those very skin shoes to his own inaugural ball. He would also go on to be elected as a representative to the 55th Congress in Washington. No word on whether he broke out the skin shoes for such an occasion. In 1950, another macabre discovery came in the form of a whiskey barrel that had been buried with a body inside, missing the top of his skull and the infamous shoes said to be made from skin of his thigh. The doctor, Lillian Heath, was contacted and sent the skullcap to the scene to verify that the body was the long-dead outlaw. It's worth noting that Dr. Heath had used the skullcap as an ashtray or doorstop for a good portion of her ownership. The remains were verified as George's with DNA testing, though the fact that the skull ashtray fit perfectly was enough of a verification for the police department in Rollins. Nowadays, the gruesome relics are on display in several museums. The Rollins Museum contains Big Nose George's death mask, the bottom of his jaw, and the infamous skin shoes. In Nebraska, the skull cap and shackles from his attempt to escape are on display. 
A horrible end and a horrible afterlife for the man known as George Barrow seemed to have come to an end, with the remainder of his remains remitted to the ground at the Frontier Prison Cemetery. With many other outlaws that had been executed in more regular circumstances. Big Nose George claimed once that he was a part of the Wild Bunch Gang with Butch Cassidy, but his alleged involvement with the infamous gang was disputed, as Cassidy would have been 14 when George claimed he was a part of the group. Today, the end of the outlaw is seen as a troublesome chapter in the history of the territory of Wyoming, and those shoes are on display in Rollins, hopefully deterring any doctors from using an outlaw's skullcap as an ashtray. That was a rough one this week, guys. I hope you're still with me. Thank you for listening to Wild Women, Wind, and Wyoming Wisdom. I'm your host, Debbie Cobb. If you want to help out the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also support our work on Patreon, where you'll get exclusive behind-the-scenes peaks and perks. Our theme song is by Wes Hogg and Berg at Burke. Special thanks this week to all of the governors of Wyoming who did not wear skin shoes to their inauguration. At least no one can top that depraved wardrobe choice. We'll be back next week with new episodes posted every Wednesday. Learn a little more about the Cowboy State with Wild Women, Wind, and Wyoming Wisdom. <laughs>